You're listening to the Sunshine Speechy Podcast. I'm your host, Nancy, bringing you all the information you need to know about getting into SLP graduate school and becoming a successful SLP. Join me every other Wednesday as I talk to SLP experts as well as undergraduate and graduate students just like you and I. If you're enjoying the podcast, please be sure to subscribe and leave a positive review. Make sure you don't miss out on additional resources and more by following me on Instagram at sunshinespeechy. In addition, check out my YouTube channel where I share even more advice about the graduate school application process as well as my own experience in graduate school. In honor of Better Speech and Hearing Month, today we're talking to an upcoming SLP graduate student about how she was able to go on international missions to give the gift of hearing to individuals in Guatemala and the Dominican Republic with the help of the Starkey Hearing Foundation. Let's get started. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Sunshine Speechy podcast. I'm your host, Nancy, and today I am joined by upcoming graduate student, Olivia. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. I'm so excited too. Um, So just to start out, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes. So I'm from Huntington Beach, California, and I started my undergraduate career at Cal State Long Beach, which is about 45 minutes south of LA in 2016. Uh, During that first semester, I joined a sorority, which was completely unexpected. I did not think I would do that at all. But the sorority's philanthropy was hearing and speech. And so I absolutely fell in love with that. And I fell in love with the girls and being a speech language pathology major, it worked out great. And then I graduated from Long Beach with my BA in speech language pathology in December. And then I will be starting my graduate school career at Cal State San Marcos in the fall. And that is down towards San Diego. Okay. So cool that you're in California. I'm so jealous. (laughs) (laughs) beautiful right now. If I have to be quarantined anywhere, I'm really glad that I'm quarantined here. Yeah, that's so awesome. Um, So could you tell us a little bit about what the Starkey Hearing Foundation is and how you got involved in it? Yes. So I could go on for hours about Starkey, but it's a nonprofit organization that gives the gift of hearing to individuals around the world that are hard of hearing by providing free hearing aids, free hearing healthcare services, speech therapy services, and so much more. Um, The foundation has given the gift of hearing in more than 100 countries, so they are definitely worldwide and growing. Uh, They follow what's called the WFA, Community-Based Hearing Healthcare Services. And so what that is, is there's four different phases. So the first phase is patient identification, So members of the Starkey team will go into a particular country that they are working with at the time, assess patients with hearing loss, take custom ear mold impressions, and create those custom ear molds. They'll come back to the States, and then they will go back to that country for what's called their phase two mission. And so the phase two missions were what I was able to participate in. And so Starkey team members and volunteers like myself will go into that country and give the gift of hearing to those patients. So fit them with the hearing aids. And while they're there, the Starkey team is also training the patient and the families on how to operate the hearing aid, how to use it, et cetera. And then phase three is aftercare. And so their aftercare programs are services where the patient can go after they've received their hearing aid 
and go for a free repair if they need a hearing aid replacement, if they need more knowledge on it. Um, and then phase four, which I think is one of the most amazing phases and it's growing and it's connecting that patient back to life. And so integrating them back into the schools by providing them with speech language pathology services, tracking their listening and spoken language skills. Um, and so that's something that I definitely want to do here in the United States. One day with Starkey would be amazing, but working with people with hearing loss on those listening and spoken language skills. So that is what Starkey is. Um, and I don't know any of that. So that's really yeah. cool. It's an amazing organization and I didn't know about it prior to joining the sorority and I'm so grateful for the sorority for introducing me to it because now it's basically become my whole world. Yeah. Wow. That is really, really cool. Did you ever like think of doing audiology because like you were doing so much of the hearing stuff? I did. I was very torn for a long time. And one of my professors at Long Beach State, Dr. Garcia, he is an audiologist. And so when I met him, he was so passionate about audiology that I started becoming that much more passionate about it. Yeah. And so it was the second semester and I sat down with my dad and I was like, dad, I don't know what to do. Do I go audiology? Do I go speech? Like, I just need you to sit here and listen to me vent. Yeah. Um, but I chose speech because I was like, I can work with people that are hard of hearing. And there's, you know, there's so much you can do in the field of speech. Yeah. That if I wanted to go work in a hospital for a little while, I could. I could go work in the schools. So I just love that there's so much I could do with it. So. Yeah, that's true. I definitely love that too. And I'm so excited that like, we don't just have to stay with like kids or adults. Like for me, I feel like I'll definitely want to switch it up. Oh yeah. That's one of the many luxuries of the field. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about your mission trip experiences. Like, where did you go? Oh, I could talk your ear off for an hour, Nancy. <laughs> so I went in 2018, I got to go to the Dominican Republic with Starkey. And I was able to do that through Delta Zeta's Heart for Hearing and Speech Contest. And so what that is, is women in Delta Zeta, if they raise $5,000, they're guaranteed to go on a mission. Wow. And then... $250 they raised or entered into a raffle. And so when they put the contest out, I was like, I'm raising the 5,000. Yeah. I don't want a mission. And so I have the most amazing family and friends who helped me fundraise. And I hit that goal and I was on a mission two months later. Wow. That's um, cool. It was life-changing. It was, and I was determined. I was like, okay, I'm putting a hundred percent effort toward this school. School can go on the back burner for a little bit. <laughs> so that was my first one. And then my second one was to Guatemala. Uh, it was this last June actually. And I did that through an internship with Delta Zeta nationally. Uh, so I was one of five global marketing and philanthropy interns. And through the internship, you're promoting Starkey and other philanthropic partners for Delta Zeta. And then a part of the internship is you go on a mission. So I'm like so impressed. I was like telling my grandma all about like, <laughs> and, like why I was interviewing you. And she was like, wow, like how old is she? And I was like, she's my age. And my <laughs> grandma was like, how has she done so much? And well, I was that's so sweet. I was determined. I found this organization and I went head first. <laughs> yeah, that is just so cool. Um, so how did your experience on your mission trips help you prepare for your future career as a speech pathologist? In so many ways. So when we were on the missions, you approach so many different kinds of patients. You're working with patients that are three years old all the way up to we had one who was 104. 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. And some of them can hear a little bit. Some of them can hear not at all. And some of them have heard before, so they can read lips. There's just such a wide range. And so I definitely got used to reading nonverbal communication. That was one of the biggest things. So one of the examples was there was this little girl and you, she was adorable. She's so cute. She sat down in the chair and she just looked so nervous. And her mom looked so nervous too, because you sit down and we have our little stations and we have our little tools and you see the tools or they see the tools and it's like, what are they going to do with my child? Um, so she sat down, the little girl, so nervous. And so I just started to build a level of rapport with her. And over time, I kind of developed a little friendship with her, got more comfortable. I showed her the hearing aid to let her hold it. And then the mom started to get more comfortable. So kind of picking up on those nonverbal, are they comfortable? Or are they not comfortable? Cues. Um, so that was a big one. And then the other big one was working with interpreters. I am monolingual 100%. Like, not an ounce of another language. <laughs> and so working with them and remembering, okay, I need to stop so they can translate to the parent and the parent can talk back and all that. So that was a big one. And being in Southern California, it's so diverse and so many people speak so many different languages. So I'm bound to work with an interpreter in the future. So it's great practice. That's really cool. I wouldn't have thought of that. I know. I really wish I knew Spanish. Um, Me too. Yeah. Did you mom, get like, high I took high, I took um, French because I just like was trying to rebel, but my mom is fluent in Spanish and it's just like, why didn't I do that? Like, I know uh-huh. a little bit of French, but like not as much as I should, but you yeah. have your mom talk to you in Spanish. Just be like, mom, whenever you call me, we're only talking in Spanish now. So yeah. you can pick up. I honestly should just start watching like only Spanish shows or something, you know? <laughs> yes. I have a friend and she speaks Spanish completely fluent. And I was like, Abby, how did you learn? And she was like, I would just watch the news or I would read. So I started watching the news in Spanish. And of course, I don't pick up one word. Yeah. All right. Maybe I need to start with Dora or something a little slower. I feel that. I, maybe I'll start there. <laughs> so was there anything that you found especially difficult on your mission trips? There wasn't really any one part of the mission that I would consider necessarily difficult. Um, but I would say it was working with the little ones just because they sit down and if you do turn on their hearing aid and you start to turn up the volume, a lot of times you won't get a reaction because they don't know what's going on. Uh-huh. And you're kind of looking at the parent, like, okay, can they hear? And of course the parent doesn't know if they can hear either. Um, so you turn up the volume as high as you can and eventually you'll get a little like, Ooh, like almost it looks painful. And so you can kind of tell, okay, they're hearing. And then you get their eyes wandering a little bit. So you can tell that they're trying to get used to their surroundings. Um, So I'd say that was definitely the most difficult part of the mission was just figuring out, can the little ones hear? Can they not? What's going on? Okay. Yeah, that would be difficult. Yes. Um, But they're so cute at the same time. They just sit there and you just want to take them home with you. I'm like, okay, can I bring you back to California with me? Did you ever have one that like started crying because they were like happy? I had so many. I had one and her little brother had come to the Starkey Mission site two years prior to get hearing aids. So her mom knew the whole system. She knew how it would work. And so the little girl sat down in my chair 
And she was so excited. She was just the cutest little thing. Um, and so I turned on her hearing aid and she smiled and started looking around and we started clapping and she started clapping and we were dancing to music. And I looked up at her mom and her mom was bawling her eyes out. And that was one of the most heartwarming moments that I've ever experienced just because the mom was so happy. And then the three of us started dancing together. My interpreter joined in. It was one of the most amazing moments I've ever been a part of. Wow. Yeah, what a connection. That's amazing. Definitely. So what are three takeaways from your mission trips that you think could benefit future or current SLPs? Yes. So my first one is definitely develop relationships with other people, whether that be in your cohort with your peers, with your professors, with SLPs in the field already, because developing those connections is so important. And you may need them one day, they may need you and you all can learn from each other. Um, So having other people, that goes for people in and out of the field, you never know. So developing relationships. I love Uh, Yes. The other one was ask questions. It's always good to like not assume. And I was always so good at not asking questions. Mm-hmm. So I've had definitely to develop the, okay, it's okay to ask for help every now and then. It's okay if you don't know something. Um, and then this is advice that I was given on my mission in the Dominican Republic. And so it was from the founder of the co-founder of Starkey, Tani Austin, and it was our second mission day. And she sat all the volunteers and some of the Starkey staff in her room. There was probably 20 of us. And she was just talking to us and she's a celebrity. Yeah. I was sitting down and I was like, Tani Austin wants to talk to all of us. I'm just going to sit here and listen. I could listen for hours. So she gave us the best piece of advice and it was to have enthusiastic interest in everything you're doing. And she just said, whenever you go see a patient, just be so interested and so engaged in them and give them a hundred percent of your effort because that'll pay off for them and for you. And so that's just something that I've taken with me from throughout those missions and then into life. Like just always being so enthusiastically interested. And it's so easy in this day and age. You're sitting at dinner with your family on your phone. Yeah. Really that interested. So that's definitely a takeaway. Wow. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I think you may have already answered this, but do you have a specific story or experience from your mission trip experience that was like especially moving for you? Yes. So in Guatemala, it was my last patient, my very last patient of the last mission I've gone on with Starkey. And so he was a cute little boy and he came and sat down in my chair. And when you're going through the mission site, the security guards are directing people. And so the security guards say, okay, now you go to this station, you go to this station. And so the security guard pointed the little boy to my station. He sat down and then he said, hey, Olivia, do you want to do their whole family? And I was like, yes, they're my last patients of the day, bring them over. And so I got to fit the youngest brother, the middle brother, and the oldest sister with the hearing aids. And the mom and the dad were both there. And what was so amazing about this story was that the younger brother was just a bundle of energy. The middle brother was a little hesitant, but still warm and friendly. And then the older sister, she was probably around 13. She was very nervous. And I could tell she was very nervous because she was hesitant to sit down. 
didn't really want me near her. Um, and so I put her hearing aid in and I turned it on and I couldn't get any reaction with her. I'd give her a thumbs up if she wanted more volume, a thumbs down, if it was perfect. Um, and so the little brother, they knew how to sign to each other. And so the little brother who I already fit with the hearing aid and knew my higher, lower, perfect signals started doing sign language to the sister and was signing and saying, like, do you want it higher, lower? And so that right there was so incredible because he was so excited to help her. She was so excited because she was hearing and they were having their own method of communication. Yeah. Um, so that whole family left the mission site and that was my last patient that I've seen since. So that was just, it made my whole life. Yeah. I mean, you literally have made a difference for the entire family. That's amazing. They made a difference in my life. So yeah. Yes. Wow. That's so cool. I want to go on a mission trip now. Yes. I wish everybody could. They're so incredible. Definitely. Um, So do you have any advice for future SLPs currently entering the SLP grad school application process? You know, you just went through it too, but it's a crazy process. It is. (laughs) You took the GRE, right? Yeah. Yeah. The GRE alone is a crazy process in itself. I feel like every single day I would just be like, why? Like, I'm never going to need to know any of this. Me too. Every time I was studying for it, I was like, this has nothing to do with speech pathology, but it's fine. I'll do it anyway. Um, But my biggest piece of advice is enjoy the process. And whenever I would tell people that I'm kind of enjoying the application process, they'd look at me and be like, Olivia, are you crazy? I'm like, this is the only time in our life that we're going to get to apply for grad school. And so I loved like learning so much about the different programs And while it took so much time writing essays and I had to stay super organized when asking for letters of recommendation and making sure all my scores were sent in, it was fun. Um, You definitely, I wish I could say the same. (laughs) (laughs) Now that you're into a school though, looking back, would you say it's kind of fun? (laughs) If I had known going in that I would have gotten in to all my schools, I would have been like yes this is so fun but like applying I was like I'm not gonna get in any of these like why am I even applying like yeah I guess on the back end yes it was kind of fun although (laughs) Jerry was my true arch nemesis so yeah oh and every time I just saw my credit card statement come up for how much the applications cost I was like okay it's gonna be worth it I promise I know people don't realize how expensive it is because like it doesn't seem like that much and then you add it all up and it's just like so much and then the GRE costs so much it's Mm -hmm. and then sending the GRE sending transcripts but again it's worth it it's fine we're in yes yeah um well is there anything else that you'd like to add or share with everyone I just want to thank you for having me. I'm so excited when you reached out. I was like, I've never done anything like this before. And like I was telling you earlier, Instagram feed is so cute. Thank you. Thank you. That actually means so much because I feel like you're just like the Instagram Instagram queen. Like I can't see your Instagram. And I was like, (laughs) I feel like you're kind of a celebrity in my mind. So I was like, okay, like I'll reach out. I don't know if she'll get back to me. So it's pretty cool talking to you right now. 
I was so nervous before we started this. I was like, what if I stumble in my words? What if I don't know what to say? I was like, it's okay. It's going to be fine. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I feel like I get so serious about it. And then I'm like, no, you know, I'm just a 22-year-old trying to record a podcast (laughs) on Zoom. (laughs) Not the end of the world. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Got to start somewhere. Yeah. Um, So how can people reach you um, if they want more information or if they want to see um, you have like a lot of fitness information and just like positive things. I know I saw your post the other day about like being a morning person. Wait, actually, no. was that you? I can't remember, but yeah, you just like really impressed me with your workout skills. Like Thank you. Yeah. yeah, I'm definitely a morning person. I'm up at 6am every day. It's oh funny because my friend texted me this morning and I texted her at, I think it was like 545 and she was like, why are you up so early? And I was like, I don't know. My body just doesn't like sleeping in, I guess. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, yeah, yeah but, how can people reach you? Yes, on Instagram, they can follow me at Olivia Kosis. Facebook, um, my email. I don't know if I share that to you or verbally say it. Um, um, you can just send it to me. Okay, yeah, I'll just send it to you. Um, anyway, I'm on every social media platform there possibly is. So, okay. Well, thank you so much again for coming on. It was just so amazing to hear about all of your experiences. Of course, hopefully anyone listening will think about donating to the Starkey Foundation and getting more involved in it themselves. Are you going to try and go on more mission trips? So my plan was to originally. I They had another contest this year to raise the $5,000 or the two hundred fifty, And so I was at $2,000 in my fundraising goal of 5000 And Starkey just put out that they're suspending all international travel right now because of COVID-19. And so the suspension is indefinite as far as I've heard. So I find out more next week what's going to happen. But I definitely want to keep doing work with the foundation. I'd love to work for them one day. Just keep fundraising. Yeah. Or even like go abroad and do speech therapy with them. I don't know if they do that but yeah it's so funny you said that because I would always tell people I was like my goal would be to go do speech therapy in those countries for those kids that had hearing loss so and another reason why I love this profession you could do so much and why we need to learn Spanish too (laughs) I'm gonna start calling you Nancy and we're gonna talk in Spanish to each other exactly (laughs) gibberish probably but oh for sure Dora together (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna Google Translate the entire time, so I'll be cheating. I know, me too. (laughs) Um, But yeah, thank you so much again for coming on. This has been so awesome. I hope we can stay in touch, and everyone, please make sure to go check out all of her stuff. And if things start going again, think about donating to her specific funds so that she can go on another mission trip. Hopefully, when all this crazy COVID nineteen is over. Fingers crossed. Thank you so much, Nancy. Thank you. you.